You're listening to Policy Currents, a weekly podcast from the Rand Corporation. I'm Pete Wilmoth. And I'm Deanna Lee. Every Friday, we bring you new insights from Rand's latest research and commentary. It's June 21st. Tensions between the U.S. and Iran have ratcheted up yet again. First, there were last week's attacks on Japanese oil tankers in the Gulf of Amman, which Washington has attributed to Iran. On Monday, Tehran announced that Iran's enriched uranium stockpiles will soon surpass limits imposed by the 2015 nuclear deal. Then, on Monday night, the Trump administration announced that it will send an additional 1,000 U.S. troops to the Middle East. Tensions rose even further when news broke yesterday that Iran shot down a U.S. drone. There's disagreement over whether the unmanned aircraft was targeted over international waters or in Iranian airspace. But either way, the situation seemed to escalate overnight, as President Trump reportedly ordered a military strike on Iran, only to call it off at the last minute. That's where things stand as we record here on Friday morning and the world waits to see whether the situation evolves into a true military conflict. But even if the U.S. and Iran can avoid a military clash, there are still long-term costs for both U.S. interests and regional stability. That's according to Rand's Dahlia Dasake. In addition to the continued risk of military conflict, she says that the results of Washington's maximum pressure campaign include angry U.S. allies, energized adversaries, most notably Russia, whose influence in the Middle East is now solidified, and a more dangerous Iran. What's more, she says, these trends may be difficult or even impossible to reverse. There were also headlines this week about escalating tensions between the U.S. and another adversary, Russia. But this story took place in cyberspace, with the U.S. reportedly placing malware inside Russia's power grid. It's a reminder that cyberspace is a new military domain, one that is growing rapidly and becoming increasingly important. A new RAND paper offers insights into this subject, analyzing NATO's efforts to bolster its cyber defenses. The authors outline what NATO has done so far and what it must focus on going forward. One particularly important capability is Indications and Warning, or INW, which means collecting information about potential threats to provide early warnings of malicious activity. INW is relatively new to all modern nations and military alliances, but it's a capability that NATO countries should develop to maintain and ensure an effective military presence within cyberspace. Beginning in the late 80s, many schools in the U.S. started to enact so-called zero-tolerance discipline policies. These mandated the use of exclusionary discipline for a range of behaviors, even relatively minor offenses such as disrupting class or violating the dress code. But in the years since, several concerns have emerged about this approach. Its effectiveness has been challenged, and evidence demonstrates that there are disparities in how the discipline policies are applied across different groups of students. But now we're seeing the policy landscape shift again, this time away from harsh discipline practices. With these changes in mind, RAND researchers wanted to see what educators thought about the issue. Their new survey finds that a large share of high school teachers and principals want to prioritize discipline reform in their schools. 
Specifically, discipline reform was identified as one of the top three most important interventions by 31% of teachers and 25% of principals. The survey also found that educators in high-poverty schools were the most interested in reform. What remains unclear is why these educators identified discipline reform as a priority, and we'll need more research to understand their perspectives on the effectiveness of different discipline methods. Last week marked one year since the historic U.S.-North Korea summit in Singapore. To date, little has been achieved in the way of denuclearization, but disarming North Korea's nuclear arsenal remains a top priority for Washington. This is understandable, says Rand Soo Kim, given North Korea's destructive potential to threaten the U.S. homeland. But she also says that the North Korea problem is bigger than nuclear weapons. That's why U.S. efforts to address the threat from Pyongyang may need to go further. Take, for example, North Korea's illicit revenue-generating schemes, its sanction-skirting tactics, and its poor human rights record. Taking steps to address these problems could be essential to making progress not only on the nuclear issue, but also on the overall North Korean threat. Dispensaries are popping up across the country as more and more states legalize medical marijuana. A new RAND study examines the relationship between living near these dispensaries and how young people view the drug and whether or not they use it. The evidence shows that young adults who live near more medical marijuana dispensaries use marijuana more frequently than their peers. They also have more positive views about the substance. These connections were strongest among young people who lived near dispensaries that had storefront signs. In fact, living near more dispensaries that had these signs was associated with a four to six times larger effect on both marijuana usage and positive expectations about marijuana. Lead author Regina Shi says it's important to be thinking about young adults' access to marijuana because use of the drug is most prevalent among this age group. Marijuana use is also associated with increased risk for several substance use disorders. And while there is research to support some medicinal benefits of marijuana, youth who frequently use the drug are more likely to experience negative consequences, such as dropping out of school, relationship problems, and car accidents. Finally, with the marketplace for medical and recreational marijuana changing rapidly, Future studies should track whether access to recreational dispensaries influences youth marijuana use and risk factors over time. A new RAND report analyzes the future of Russia's ground forces and implications for U.S.-Russia competition and the U.S. Army. The findings indicate that Moscow will likely focus on several key areas over the next 20 years. These include long-range strike capabilities, Rapidly Deployable Forces, and C4ISR. That's Command, Control, Communications, Computers, Intelligence, Surveillance, and Reconnaissance. It appears that Russia's strategic priorities will remain mostly stable, focusing on strategic deterrence, regional dominance, expeditionary capabilities, preparation for major war, and internal security. Importantly, the authors say it's highly unlikely that Russia is preparing to initiate a major ground war, but it's still important for the U.S. and its allies to prepare for direct conflict. 
RAND is a nonprofit institution that helps improve policy and decision making through research and analysis. For more on what we covered this week, check the show notes at rand.org/podcast. See you next week. <laughs>